What is going on, podcast fam? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. Uh, I know what you're thinking. What on earth is he doing, uh, doing another podcast nine hours after the last one? Well, <laughs> I gotta say, I just love it. I love being able to talk to you all about baseball cards. And uh, I love getting all the call-ins of uh, questions and topic suggestions. And uh, I've just really been... Uh, getting a kick out of this format and uh you know you know me i love doing videos on youtube and uh, articles on my website and everything but uh man and you know i tweet and put stuff on facebook all the time but uh, uh this is just so easy and it helps me to get kind of my my thoughts out them uh you know whenever i uh go on my walks at night like uh obviously i think a lot about baseball cards and so, plus, I gotta be honest with you, I think Holly and Atticus love each and every one of you to death because I'm talking to you about baseball cards instead of them. <laughs> so it's a nice little outlet for me. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, allowing me to uh, uh, come over the radio waves over to you and uh, for interacting with me uh, in this format. I appreciate it. It is fun. And uh, in the future, I do hope that you... Uh, uh, allow me to join you to be a part of your uh, morning commute or uh, lunch hour, uh, break hour at work, or uh, nighttime uh, when we're just messing around, checking eBay for cards and everything. Which, by the way, check your eBay uh, status because I know they have an 8% eBay bucks for a lot of people out there. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a ha-ha, boo-hoo situation there because um, just a week or two ago, uh, I think Congress enacted something that required eBay to collect sales taxes for uh, everybody. So not just some people, but everybody in the United States. So kind of a bummer, uh, but these 8x bucks uh, uh, that have dropped for a lot of us, and it's probably good until tomorrow night, basically takes us back to that that sweet sweet time period a week ago when we didn't have uh, taxes at least for a couple days so enjoy that I hope you guys can get some really good uh, uh, stuff over the next day or so and take advantage of the uh, 8% eBay bucks so with that said the latest question I had called in was from Rachel and hi Rachel hope you're doing well uh, her question to me was what is your favorite uh, type of baseball card from your childhood and so my uh, my wheels started getting turning in my head quite a bit whenever I started thinking about this because immediately my uh, my brain gravitated towards mother's cookies and I'll tell you why first of all let's let's talk about mother's cookies for a while I want to go through uh, by memory because I don't really remember the exact time period of when they started. But I think Mother's Cookies started in the early 80s. And I believe for the most part, they stuck, um, at least they began on the West Coast. So you could have Mother's Cookies cards from the A's, the Giants, the Potters, I believe, Dodgers, Angels the Mariners uh, up north in uh, Washington there and uh, try to think if there's anybody else uh, 
because I, I believe a lot of teams didn't get any. I don't think you had Mother's Cookies for the Orioles or uh, the Expos or uh, Blue Jays, but I could be wrong. But I do know that um, they did have some for the Astros and for the Rangers. So I think it's just a few select markets. But uh, as a California kid, I'll tell you, um, some of my greatest memories are tied into these uh, baseball cards from uh, Mother's Cookies. And so I'll kind of describe them to you just because it's kind of fun to uh, actually uh, verbally uh, talk about what I remember them as. And uh, so uh, if you remember these, these are, they were quite different from other cards in the, uh, in the 80s. So the 80s, for the most part, you had Topps, Fleur, and Donruss. And so there's no gloss or anything like that and they're all four sharp corners um an 88 score came in and they had like a different feel to them 89 upper deck was uh uh you know came along and it had an even uh higher end feel weird thing to me about this and i'm really kind of just now start uh thinking about this like why on earth was mother's cookies a bigger deal like <laughs> they were beautiful so when you had a mother's cookies card in your hand it was, it was like, how can I explain it? So there were no sharp corners. There, there were four rounded corners, no borders, and just these beautiful Kodak-like pictures that were just like snapshots in time from uh, spring training. Like you could, if you held the cards up to your nose, it's almost like you could smell the grass clippings from like, you know, getting ready to uh, for a baseball game to be played. I mean, they were just beautiful sharp crisp vibrant bright uh pictures and uh and they literally were like photographs but they had like the name and the and the team of course uh and they were like super super glossy so they're just like an incredible uh type of card and, and to this day i still love them um i think they're just absolutely beautiful and uh you know so I don't know. I mean, personally, if I were to take a look at um, an 89 Mother's Cookies card versus an 89 Upper Deck card, I think the Mother's Cookies card looks way better. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's no real uh, huge design um, to them. It was, it was all the, photo the photograph. Like, they, they relied on the photography, which was, like, always on point. And, uh, the, uh, of course, it wasn't something that you could go and you could purchase a box of so probably distribution had a lot to do with uh you know why they may not have done as well as the other cards um but man us kids we love those i mean to uh, much to my mom's chagrin like our pantry was uh was filled with mother's cookies uh uh packages because we were always trying to get the uh the cards and uh it was so fun it was it was kind of like uh that was the thrill of the hunter was going to like uh, a costco or you know, whatever store had them, and you know, you'd be so excited because you didn't know which card you're going to get. Um, you know, you'd have like a subset of Jose Canseco, a set of four cards. You know, and you get a package, and you're just hoping and praying that like you know the card is like two of four because that's the only one you're you're missing, or uh, you know the Mark McGuire set, or the Will Clark set, or the Nolan Ryan set, and. Uh, I do remember, uh, like we spoke with uh, somebody that was a dealer that we knew, and I think his name was Rodney, and uh, I believe he went to our church. 
And uh, so he actually was talking about um, how the rare Nolan Ryan of the set was, and this was like 1990, uh, was the number two of four Nolan Ryan. And he said, yeah, the way that you t can tell uh, which uh, Nolan Ryan is, is the rare one is you have to go in two pallets deep on the third row back of the cookie boxes and that's always going to be two of four or something like that. So, <laughs> so funny. Um, I do remember that I used to have a number of those, like, uh, you know, we weren't these people that would buy like cases of product or anything like that at all. We didn't have any money, uh, to speak of growing up. So, uh, but this is a fun little outlet and we probably bought more cookies than we uh, should have, uh, from a financial and health perspective. <laughs> but, uh, nevertheless, I ended up with a uh, number of Nolan Ryan cards over number two of four. And I just remember, got to keep them in the package, you know, because, uh, you know, the little cellophane wrapper that each card came in and uh, to make sure they're pristine. And I mean, that card's probably not worth more than like a quarter nowadays, but uh, it's just so funny when you think about it, <laughs> how, how, uh, how, our, how our minds worked back then and how we thought something was rare when by today's standards, it's just simply it's not. But uh, I also remember... Uh, you know, uh, just the trading sessions that we'd have. And, uh, I wrote about this in my book, uh, confessions of a baseball card addict available on Amazon. If you want to check it out. Uh, but, uh, I remember a couple of my friends, Nick and Brian, and, uh, I've been super glad to be able to reconnect with Brian, by the way, uh, through Facebook for like the first time in, you know, gosh, I don't know, 25 years. Um, recently and he actually picked up a book so it's kind of fun to you know give that to him uh but anyways uh he and his brother one time he they live like four or five houses down uh from us in in california and uh we grew up in fresno so it wasn't like a you know beach town or anything like that <laughs> it was more uh more of a scarier uh uh section but um anyways just uh so funny they come over and like, hey, Tanner, we got this Jose Canseco Mother's Cookies card. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, you know, so I want it so badly because I had never seen it before. You know, and, and please remember, by the way, this is before the Internet. So when you are um, uh, looking for a card like this, you have no idea what it looks like. The only way you know it is when you see it. And it's kind of like I remember that being the case for the 1989 Donruss bonus MVPs card of Canseco. I had no idea what it looked like until I saw it in one of my friend's binders. And I go, oh man, I gotta have it. <laughs> I mean, what is it, like a penny card now or something? But uh, anyway, so Nick and Brian come over uh, teasing me with this uh, Jose Canseco mother's cookies card that I had never seen before. And I was just drooling. Cause like, you know, look, we gotta get through a number of these uh, uh, cookies in these bags in the pantry as as many as my mom will allow each day before we can pick up another uh box of cookies and uh hopefully get the uh the canseco that they that they landed but um anyway so i was obviously an ace fan they were a giants fan and they were heavily into will clark so i threw up all kinds of trade possibilities and you know they just wouldn't budge and then my dad came home and he goes hey tanner guess what uh Got some more Mother's Cookies cards. And he pulls out one of them. And it's the Will Clark 
as a wool clerk that they do not have. <laughs> and so just like that, uh, I had a lot more leverage to pick up the uh, Conseco card that, uh, that I did not yet have and I had only known existed for the last, you know, 30 minutes or something. So we ended up doing a deal and uh, it just, uh, it's fun because this is my childhood guys. Like this is, this is how things were in California. You in the eighties and nineties, like you buy packs of cards from the shop. You, you go to any store because any store with any brand there would come, uh, baseball cards would come with them. So, uh, Pepsi, uh, even, you know, Purina would have, uh, uh, baseball cards with them. Shoot there. There's like a, uh, dog food that would have uh, a picture of a baseball player with their dog I mean they were everywhere and us kids craved that stuff because uh, it wasn't just a matter of oh tops clear score donners or whatever we didn't care about licensed versus unlicensed we just saw something different and uh, it's not like today where there's like a virtually unlimited supply of different cards all over the place that's just not how it went uh, but also to supplement, um, well, before I go off mother's cookies, I gotta say, I mean, uh, a couple other things. So I remember, uh, when I first moved to Texas, we went to the Astrodome for an Astros game. And I remember it was like a baseball card giveaway, which was pretty brilliant. Um, at this point, 93, I think it was 94, uh, trading was kind of going the way of the Buffalo, so to speak. And, uh, you know, it's more buying and selling, I guess. But uh, Mother's Cookies really made a concerted effort uh, to bring trading back. So uh, the giveaway night was a package of Mother's Cookies cards, just the cards themselves. And the way they would do it is you had a package of like the entire uh, Houston Astros team, but there would be six cards removed and one of the cards that you had would have seven of the same one. And so to encourage trading, they said, uh, talk to the people around you and trade your cards so that way you all can complete a set from each other. And I started thinking, man, uh, if I get a Jeff Bagwell or Craig Biggio, I'm not trading. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather, uh, rather seven Bagwells or seven Biggios. But uh, <laughs> anyways, it didn't really work out too well because I don't think I even trade with anybody. But um, uh, it was a fun, like just a really fun uh, idea that they had. And I'm not sure if it worked out for anybody else. It didn't for me really. Um, but uh, the last thing I have to say about Mother's Cookies is, uh, believe it or not, um, there's a Mother's Cookies card. Well, two things, I guess. There's a Mother's Cookies card that I decided to uh, buy back for my collection after selling it. Um, think that's how it went or maybe I just kept it I don't recall but uh, I have to check my notes on it but anyways it is a 1990 a or 90 Mother's Cookies card Bash Brothers you have Jose Canseco Mark McGuire on the front and they both signed it and uh, yeah this is before of course the whole steroid thing so uh, nowadays McGuire will not sign anything with Canseco on it he just refuses to um, and it's unfortunate. So this is kind of uh, more of a scarce item because this is before time when uh, they're at, at odds with each other. So it's kind of a kind of fun thing that the signatures are, are more or less dated 
uh, back then uh, to when they were on the same team and, you know, they were the Bash brothers and you know, all that. So both guys had, went on to uh, do different things with their careers aside from just being a member of the athletics. And, you know, it's a fun piece to have. But probably the one thing that, uh, that uh, means even more to me uh, just from a personal perspective, and it's kind of uh, might be perjuring myself from uh, uh, my last blog or my last pod, uh, podcast from earlier today. Uh, I don't know, but there there is literally one baseball card that I can think of uh, that I kept since I was a child, and it's Mother's Cookies card. It is a I think it's a 1990 uh, or 89, and it's like a uh, some sort of like a, an anniversary style card or something of Kinseiko. So I remember growing up, the card of Mother's Cookies to have was an 86 Mother's Cookies Kinseiko. And I traded uh, for what I thought was an 86 Mother's Cookies Kinseiko from a friend that was on my baseball team when I was a kid named Tony. And I remember the card because I was excited about it and it was bent, you know, like you would never... You'd never go for something like this nowadays unless it was like a you know pre-war card or something. But uh, this was bent to death, you know, and uh, uh, I picked it up. I remember being a little disappointed that it was like a remake from 89 or 90 as opposed to the actual 86. Um, but uh, nevertheless, for some reason, it's still stuck with me all these years. I've sold, guys, like I've literally sold from what I can remember everything. That I've had in the past. I have a bunch of memories and, you know, I love those and, you know, you can't get rid of those memories, of course, but, uh, this card, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, in my binder where I have, uh, got three or four binders of, uh, Canseco cards where it's, it's nearly a base and base insert complete run aside from a few cards. Um, and so that one just kind of sits in there behind a, uh, a mint copy of one, but, uh, yeah, I don't plan on ever getting rid of that because that's really kind of a, a fun, tangible memory. And uh, to kind of c- close the loop, so to speak, on uh, uh, on the last podcast I did, um, I believe it was Anthony that called in. So I'll, I'll refer to his, his question again. Like, how do you handle having these, the, this uh, special meaning behind all the cards that you pull? Well, for me... Um, I guess, uh, in spite of having all kinds of baseball cards when I was younger, uh, maybe that mother's cookies bent up card serves as the lone, uh, memory and, uh, memento, if you will, of my childhood. And I think it's good to, good to do that. It's good to be more of a minimalist, I suppose, um, instead of attaching me to every single card that you lay your hands on and, or every special card that you pull or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And, and as I'm talking, I'm kind of thinking more through this myself. But um, I think I'll go ahead and uh, stick with uh, with that line of thinking. And uh, I remember also uh, doing a deal uh, for these uh, beautiful 1998 or uh, they Pinnacle uh, mirror mirror certified cards. Um, there was a uh, as the first one ever. Um, in public to actually get uh, all of them, like the the base, the red, the mirror red, the mirror blue, the mirror gold, 
and uh, they're beautiful cards. Um, and I'll have to tell the story, uh, you know, some other time, but because it's really fascinating, it's an incredible story. But um, I ended up selling everything except for uh, the one mirror red, which was the card that uh, that came to market first uh, out of basically everything except for a couple stragglers over the past you know couple decades. And uh, so while it would be much better to have like the entire rainbow, of course, uh, the ones I mainly care about are the, are the mirrors, but I'd say out of all the mirrors, this red holds most significance to me because of just how it came to market first and what happened whenever, uh, you know, everything that needed to happen to come into my collection. So um, it's kind of fun to... Uh, establish meaning and personal value on certain cards like that instead of saying I now have to get the entire run because I'm definitely not a, a fan of uh, purchasing necessary evil cards and what I mean by that is if you're going after every single rainbow and don't get me wrong going after a rainbow here and there's not you know no problem but if you're going as a super collector after each and every rainbow uh you're going to run into a lot of cards that you don't care about aside from the fact that they actually just complete the rainbow. So I'm not really a big fan of that. I'm a bigger fan of having a nice representation of a certain card that you like. Um, and, uh, you know, and shoot, that could even be, uh, you know, a base version of whatever rainbow it is. It doesn't have to be uh, card number out of 10 or out of 5 or 1 of 1. Um it could be just the one that appeals to you most, regardless of scarcity. So, um, going back to cards that uh, that have been in my childhood, things that I really loved back then. I loved the Pepsi cards. I remember Canseco uh, uh, fresh out of his '88 uh, season, the '4040 season, and uh, he gets his exclusive little uh, Pepsi license, and they do a set of his cards, and. Uh, Every it's like a ten card set or something, and all these cards are uh, logos are airbrushed out, and it's he's uh, wearing the Pepsi, <laughs> the Pepsi colors, and uh, I remember a commercial, and the announcer says, uh, "Hey Jose, what are your odds of going? What are the odds of you going forty forty again?" And he shrugs his shoulders and says, "I don't know, fifty fifty," and it was kind of like a thing that got us. Uh, A's and Canseco fans like really excited because we're like, oh my gosh, is he going to try to hit 50 home runs and steal 50 bases this year? Obviously that didn't happen and nobody's done it before, uh, but it was, it was a fun memory that's attached to those, you know, virtually worthless Pepsi cards now. Uh, some others I really loved were classic baseball cards. So you remember the, the board game classic. And uh, they started in 1987, and I really stopped paying attention to them uh, after 92-ish. But the ones I really loved were the A7s, A9s, 90s, and 91s. And uh, they were wild. I mean, the A7s, they had like... Uh, and I'm starting to get nostalgic just uh, talking about them here. I'd like to maybe pick up some of the bigger board games just to kind of display. Um, but... Uh, I remember the big boxes that the A7 Classic, the the original, the first set came in. 
They're green bordered. Canseco was in that. All the big guys were in. The, the most important card uh, was the Bo Jackson. He was in his uh, Auburn uh, uh, football uniform and he uh, was holding a baseball bat, pointing it to the, um, to the camera. And it said something like, Bo knows baseball, which by the way, that is probably one that I'd like to pick up at some point, if not the whole box. Um, it was a fantastic card. I love it. Um, I think uh, 87 also had the yellow. Um, and I believe it came in a smaller travel set. And uh, I love that set so much. And the thing was, and this is kind of a funny thing to think about how we were uh, so excited about the scarcity of the classic yellows with the green back. So if you remember this, I'm not sure or not, but uh, on the back of the regular classic yellows, the backs would be completely yellow. Um, but they would have like an air version where the backs are green instead. And so the production levels on the green backs were about a third of uh, the yellow backs. We got all excited about that. Like, and by the way, there's a Barry Bonds in the yellow set also, which was just like a phenomenal card. Like they're just gorgeous cards, guys. Like I really love them. But uh, anyway, so the print run of the yellows, I believe were like uh, 150,000. So the uber rare greenbacks had like a print run of, of 50,000. <laughs> so, uh, which actually that was kind of rare uh, back then, given uh, the fact that everybody and their brother were collecting back then. <laughs> So it's kind of a fun thing. I think uh, the 88 set was really kind of a dog. Um, I think they had a red set and a blue set or something, which is kind of fun to put them next to the green and the yellow from the year before uh, because it had kind of like a rainbow feel to it. But other than that, there's nothing really to write home about for those cards. Um, the uh, 89 set, they started introducing... Uh, a couple different uh, color gradation uh, variants where some would be like pink to light blue or uh, pink to gray. And the exciting parts of, uh, of those cards were the uh, Ken Griffey Jr. rookies, of course. I mean, they were, they were uh, uh, highly sought after cards and really beautiful in their own rights, too. Uh, Reminiscent almost a little bit of 89 Donners, but not so much. Uh, <laughs> the 1990 cards, though, I think from a design perspective, 90 Classic might be my favorite uh, because uh, it screams like graphics of the 90s, like Saved by the Bell, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's the, that's the design. I mean, holy smokes, I just remember... Uh, the bright yellow borders with these like blue splotches um, and then same with the uh, uh, blue borders with the yellow or pink splotches and you know pink borders with the blue splotches it was uh, tremendous and they also did a, uh, a big board game set uh, of that as well so might be something I want to pick up uh, just for display purposes um, at some point I do remember also, I think, uh, maybe it was 89, maybe it was 90. In 90, I think, yeah, I think it was 90, they started doing the classic sets, the smaller ones, um, in like the see-through plastic uh, 
handheld carrying case thing. And uh, remember the back of it had like the little spinner uh, for the game itself. And uh, it was just really, really kind of a fun, odd thing to, um, uh, to package them as, but uh, you know, we really enjoyed them. So I'm telling you all, like the more I'm talking about them, the more I'm getting excited about possibly picking up a few of these here just to kind of display or something in my office. But uh, <laughs> uh, 1990 also, I'd probably say uh, the number one card that everybody loved was the one that said, Nolan knows Bo. And it had a picture of Nolan Ryan holding the 87 classic uh, Bo Jackson card, basically talking about how he dominated him <laughs> in his career. And uh, so that was kind of a fun one. Uh, and last but not least, the, the last year of classic that I'll talk about is 91. Uh, it had a kind of a, a little more refined feel to it uh, as far as design goes. A little more subtle than 90. Um, and I think there are three flavors of colors, like purple, then blue, and then uh, red. Very, very nice looking. Um, and there, again, there's one of them that had the big, the big board game. And I remember the one card that was uh, probably at the top of everybody's list um, for 91 was the uh, David Justice card. And I remember uh, they uh, uh, put a gavel in his hand and put a judge's gown on him and put him in like a courtroom setting. And it was a, <laughs> it was a fun card. And uh, yeah, I know. Uh, 91, I think it was, it was also when they uh, had like the four aces, uh, Todd Van Poppel, uh, Kirk Dressendorfer, Joe Slusarski, and uh, I feel like there's, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't remember the fourth guy, uh, it's going to drive me nuts. One of those guys are uh, I'm Facebook friends with, so, uh, you know, uh, man, I, I think I'm uh, Facebook friends with Joe. Uh, but anyways, yeah, there's, there's one other guy, but, uh, the A's had some very promising pitching, but, uh, uh, you know, they, they definitely didn't pan out to be the way, uh, you know, like the Braves had him with, uh, Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, and Avery, but, uh, still just a fun little card that they did. And, you know, Classic did a fantastic job across the board with their cards, um, at least from A7 to 91, really love those cards. So, uh, some more that I can think of are obviously the Kmart cards, the KB cards, all of those cards that way. Toys R Us, you know, oh man, I love Toys R Us, you know, I mean, they had all of the big rookies in those boxes as well, and they came in these little 44 card boxes, Tops had a lot of them, Fleer did a lot of them as well, um, 89 Fleer, uh, best of baseball now, uh, I don't remember what it's called, baseball MVPs, uh, the Canseco in that set. Uh, I'm just, uh, I have so many fond memories about that card. Uh, they were, if I remember correctly, I'll have to check my binder when I get back home, but uh, there's like a green top and green bottom and yellow sidebars. And uh, I don't know why, but that's always stuck out in my head as just being a card they loved. Um, Flair also had the Sluggers versus Pitchers sets, which were great. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, all that to say, as far as a, a uh, my favorite card uh, type from growing up, I don't know. Might have to be a toss-up between Mother's Cookies and Classic cards. So, uh, 
<laughs> the hard thing for me is I loved all of them except for 89 Bowman and and the tops big cards I hated those because they're just too big but uh, <laughs> but anyways I loved all of them but yeah classic and mother's cookies those are those are definitely could be a uh, numbers one and two on any given day uh, so that's my that's my answer for that question and uh, love to hear your answer what are your uh, favorite cards from your childhood that sticks out uh, please tweet me at tanmanbbfan or email me tanmanbaseballfan at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to uh, reach out, ask questions, um, give me some topic ideas. Um, i love to hear from you all. And uh, thank you again once for uh, listening in and uh, hope you all have a great night.